Good morning. It's good to be in God's house. Thank you for joining together with God's people here at Hyde Wesleyan. Last week, if you weren't able to be with us last week, you missed out. Uh, It was a wonderful time. I want to uh, publicly say thank you uh, to Pastor Angel and to Jess Farr for uh, (laughs) something I could never do. Couldn't, wouldn't do. It's just amazing the gifts and talents that God has given to people to serve him and uh, to serve our families, our kids, and to work with them. Uh, Last week's presentation by the Kids Corner Kids was an absolute gospel presentation. Uh, If you didn't get a chance to be present in either of the services last week, let me just uh, remind you again that we have a YouTube channel. We try to upload that kind of stuff uh, and give you access to that after the fact it is available. You can go uh, and search for Hyde Wesleyan and follow along and uh, watch watch what took place and uh, allow the ministry of uh, those that uh, presented to us to be a blessing to you. They were, they were incredible. Uh, also, as we've been presenting to you the past several weeks, we've been talking about our generosity campaign this year. Our Be Generous uh, campaign has been unique and we've had some conversations with people who after the, the first Sunday, they were like, what did you tell us to do? Like, how, where do I give my money? And, and we've had uh, some wonderful conversations and uh, a lot of you have gotten it. You have uh, been creative and been unique. We've had some uh, powerful reports of uh, some neat testimonies and stories of people being generous in various different ways. And again, that's the presentation this year, is for you to sense the Holy Spirit uh, leading you as an individual, as a family, as a small group, as a uh, Sunday school class, uh, anything like that, to be generous in a unique way, sensing what God is asking you to do. And the testimonies have been so much fun. Uh, listen, I have the best job in the world. Do you know that? Some of you are like, yeah, you ain't worked a day in your life. <laughs> Precious hands. Somebody said that I had soft hands this morning. I'm very offended. I'm going to go play with a cheese grater after church. That's not even funny, knowing what I went through last week, two weeks ago. Uh-uh. Some of the testimonies have been uh, stories of people being generous with their finances. They've given uh, a big tips to servers, or uh, they've been generous with their time, uh, spending extra time with those in their family or complete strangers. We've had testimonies of families uh, giving blessings to the SPCA in town and uh, being a blessing uh, that way. We've had testimonies again and again of uh, people just finding unique one-off opportunities. One of the testimonies this week uh, was of a family giving their delivery drivers blessings of snacks and cookies. It's so unique and interesting and wonderful. One of the specific uh, reports that came in uh, just this past week was uh, uh, this special report of a teacher of kindergartners and first graders uh, who with the class made cards to thank our local police officers for their service and protection. Uh, the, the, the kids with the teacher's instruction traced their hands and put their names on the cards and attached them to a basket holding the cards as it was delivered to the police station. I uh, got to see a picture of that delivery and the unique expressions on the police officers' faces as they they received that. What a unique, uh, unscripted, unthought of, nobody uh, uh, gave that kind of prescription of an idea. Uh, I just love how God's people are creative. And I, I want to encourage you again uh, that the stories that come in that we're able to share in a moment like this, but also on, on, on Facebook, on through social media, to be able to share those stories helps to spark uh, other instances of generosity. So again, I want to encourage you to join the 15 or so that have already responded on our website, 
generous.hidewest.com. There's an online form. You don't have to fill out your name. You just have to tell us the story and allow us the privilege of sharing that with other people. Uh, we thank you. Thank you. I, I, I want to say sincere thank you, Hyde Wesleyan for the unique ways that we know about and the ones that we don't know about, that you are choosing to be God's hands and feet in a generous way. And again, the reminder for all of us, we sit here today, I stand here today with you, one who has been a recipient of gracious generosity. We have been given so, so much by our Heavenly Father. This unique opportunity of us being generous in, in, in unique one-off ways uh, is just a small picture for the world around us, for our, our friends, our family, for those that we are sharing these stories of testimony with, uh, of the generosity we have been given. Let's continue to reflect God's generous love to the world around us. Amen? Thank you. My phone's been buzzing even as I've been standing up here. Uh, somebody calling me? Nope. Just another appointment that I'm late to. Nah, it was a lie. Well, there were like six notifications of, you look nice today. And there, that was another lie. Are you, are you busy? Is your phone beeping like crazy? Do you have lots of appointments? Do you have, do you have something that you're doing right after church today? Right after you're done shaking hands? Do you have a meeting in my office? If you're on the board, you do. This season is bonkers. Can I get an amen? We have so many things scheduled. It was so funny. I was, we, we were as a family on Thursday afternoon uh, talking about some of the stuff that's coming up. And I was talking about the days that we don't have anything scheduled, which is one day this week that we had a free night that I was like, hey, we just get to be a family. We can watch the latest episode of The Mandalorian. If anybody's watching that, here, here. Uh, we had one night, and Jess goes, oh, no, we don't have that night. I, I forgot. You, you forgot, actually, was the, the statement. You forgot that we'd have a kid's um, band concert. So uh, who knew? Our schedule is absolutely jam-packed, right? And I am sure yours is, too. Sometimes I feel like I need to schedule uh, something in my calendar, just label it me time, uh, and try to hide out in my shop in the basement. I don't think it would work very well right now. Sometimes I also think we need to just schedule uh, a scheduling meeting. Where, where we as a family just gather together in the living room and for 30 minutes just go over the calendars of all the things that are going on. It's easy right now, maybe especially right now in this season, to feel overwhelmed or out of control because we have, as a culture, we have continued to say yes, maybe, maybe even to some things that we should have said no to so that we could take pause, we could uh, take time to focus in on the things that are important. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but there's a really cool video from Chick-fil-A. It's just two and a half minutes long, I think. It's like a commercial. It's animated. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, follow along on Facebook. Look it up. It's, it's, worth, it's worth watching as a reminder of how important our, our time is. And maybe you're aware, but in the last uh, uh, two weeks ago, we started in on a series entitled Ready for Christmas. And we're looking at some of the, the, the ideas of how it is we are to be prepared for this truth of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, coming to earth, being born, and coming to save that which was lost. And as we prepare for Christmas, as we acknowledge the need to be ready for Christmas, two weeks ago, I, I tried to remind us to again be wowed by that sense of awe and wonder and to be ready specifically as we looked at the story of Zechariah 
and the foretelling of his son's birth, John the Baptist, try to look at being ready for the miraculous in this season. And and this morning, we're going to continue on in this same uh, kind of trajectory. And specifically, this morning, I want to encourage us, (laughs) even though we're so full in our calendars, we're so packed with so many things we've said yes to, I, I want us to learn together to be ready to say yes. Not to say yes to another Christmas party. And not to say yes to a better white elephant gift for the party that's coming up. Not even to, uh, I'm not even suggesting that we learn to say yes this morning to our, uh, uh, the 60-inch the TV that I'm asking my wife to get me for Christmas. That may be in the undertones of this message. Allow it. I'm not encouraging you to say yes to just one other thing. Rather, as we look specifically at Mary's story in the Christmas story narrative, to say yes to God. To say yes to the right things. So let's jump right into the scripture. Uh, Luke chapter 1 is where we're going to spend our time together this morning. Luke chapter 1, we're going to start with verse 26. And again, let me encourage you, if you have a smartphone or a tablet this morning, you are welcome to follow along with the Bible app. You can download the Bible app and search for Hyde Wesleyan Church, and you can find that every week we've put the outline in there for you, and all the scriptures are laid out for you. But if you would, allow me the privilege of reading from Luke's gospel, chapter 1, starting with verse 26. God's word says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel appeared to Mary and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Verse 38, Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your living and active word. Thank you for this narrative of your coming to earth. Thank you for Mary's story. Thank you for Mary's yes, her willingness to accept God's ask upon her life that changed forever the world. Jesus, we praise you, and we thank you for moving in our midst. We pray that you would use these moments as we study together this passage to change us forever. Give us your grace again this day, I pray. Amen. 
I think in our Protestant tradition, maybe perhaps uh, the story of Mary is one that causes us a little bit of uh, nervousness. We're, we're maybe a little bit nervous about elevating the story of, uh, of Mary to a level that some of our friends and family uh, have done uh, that are a part of other traditions. Uh, we're a little bit nervous, so we kind of minimize her story. This morning, I want to uh, elevate the story of Mary to a point of us remembering together uh, the importance of God doing the incredible, the miraculous through the means of a simple woman. This morning I want to look at her story in specific ways for us to remember how it is we are to be ready to say yes because of her willingness and readiness to say yes. The first remembrance, the first thing I want us to remember or agree to remember together is that God uses ordinary people to be a part of the extraordinary And again, I think it's because of my background that uh, the storyline of Mary kind of falls in line with some other parts of the Christmas narrative. And sometimes we miss out on the wow factor of who Mary was. It's important for us this morning and every day to remember that God chose to use a simple young woman to do the impossible. Twice, Gabriel in the scripture refers to Mary as the favored one. And again, that word, that term sometimes gets blown out of proportion, but it really focuses in the original language as a reminder of God's unmerited grace given to this simple woman. Let me say it this way. Mary, as are you and I, is a sinner saved by grace who is used by God to do the extraordinary. God's grace, his blessing, his providential blessing fell upon this woman in a way that changed the world. The reminder again is for you and me today to be a life-changing reminder. We should be overwhelmed at the reality that God uses ordinary men and women like you and me. The creator of the universe, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, perfect, holy, immeasurably powerful, chooses every day to allow his will to take place in our midst and uses Sinners such as I. This fact is nothing short of scandalous in our world. It should overwhelm us to realize that God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, wants to use my hands, my feet, my mouth, my generosity. I love how the Apostle Paul in the New Testament says this in his letter to the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, Paul uh, writes it this way. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not of ourselves. Not from ourselves. Remember that fact. That God uses ordinary people like you and me to join him on mission. Paul's words here reminds us of how unable, how unable, how fragile we are in our humanness. And how God in his providence chooses to use the likes of ordinary people. 
That reminder should tell us that when it is we choose to say yes to God, what we are doing is we are not elevating ourselves to three or four steps higher than everyone else. We're not bringing ourselves up to any extra level. What we are doing by saying yes to God, whatever he asks of us, is we are elevating God. We are giving glory to him. We are pointing people to him, not to ourselves. So say yes. When God asks you, when God invites you to join him on mission, bring him glory by saying yes. Secondly, second reminder from the story of, of Mary is that God uses people like Mary who are faithful, available, and teachable. Faithful, available, and teachable. Those are three characteristics that I've grown up in my whole life in the church of understanding that these three characteristics are, are very common in a, a, a man or a woman who chooses to follow after God. It's been taught to me my whole life. And as we see Mary's story unfolding here in this uh, verses of Scripture, we, we see that she was most certainly uh, each one of these qualities. Mary here expresses her faithfulness in being ready to take up God's ask for her. Her faithfulness in being ready to say yes. Her response to the angel again, I love it. We, we've heard it a hundred times in our life. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. She's faithful to say yes. She's faithful to live her life no matter what God asks of her in saying yes. She also expresses her availability to be used by God. When God speaks through Gabriel, Mary doesn't say, no way, I'm out. She says, I'm ready. She's willing. She's willing to be used by God in these moments. She doesn't even fall into the Zechariah trap from two weeks ago to demand more evidence for this ask of her. Yes, she is dumbfounded in this interaction with Gabriel in these moments, but she is ready to say yes by making herself available for God to use her. Her reaction, I think, also embodies her teachable spirit. Unfortunately, we don't have the access to the tape. We can't replay the closed caption TV moments of this interaction between Gabriel and Mary, but uh, scriptures seem to show us a quiet and obedient posture that she has as she responds to this word from the Lord through Gabriel. Yes, she asks how this could ever be possible. She states the obvious in this moment. Not because she's unwilling to say yes. Not because she distrusts this messenger. Not because she doesn't even believe that God is able. But with a seemingly teachable attitude. So too should we live our lives willing to say yes and ready to say yes to God by being faithful. Faithful in our culture is continue to be squashed. Uh, we, we seem to run from one thing to another and we don't stick things out. A characteristic of being a follower of Jesus Christ is for us to grow in our faithfulness. We are encouraged to be available. Surrendered is another word for available. Living our lives like this, not like this. Saying whatever I have, whatever I am, is God's to be used. And teachable. Teachable, another good word for teachable is for us to be humble. 
Not acting like we know it all, not thinking that we have it all together, but saying, God, I am willing for you to lead me. I don't know how it's possible to say yes to what you're asking, but I am willing to be used by you. Again, these qualities are squashed in our culture, but they should be elevated and celebrated in our midst as we seek first the kingdom of God. The third reminder in this story of Mary This reminder for you and for me today is to remember that God uses people in his power. Look once more at the angel's response of how this miracle would be taking place in verses 35 to 37. Gabriel says this to Mary when she says, how is this possible? Gabriel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. Verse 36, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant even in her old age. The impossible is possible with God. Verse 37, for the word of God will never fail. Mary's story Her part, her character study in the reality of what Christmas is should be a powerful reminder to you and to me of our inability and God's ability. This couldn't be more appropriate a lesson for us who are wired, if you're wired like me at all, in the least bit, uh, about being a fixer of things. This couldn't be a more appropriate lesson for us. We've been reminded about how much we like to be in control. I'm reminded very often about how much I like to be in the driver's seat. I love setting the pace. I love knowing exactly which way we're going. Just last night as we were coming home from State College, being rerouted by flares in the road telling me that I couldn't go the right way back to Phillipsburg because the super load was in the way. I'm reminded almost every single day how much I like to know that I am able. I can do things. I can make them happen. I can pull the trigger. I can make the decision. But how much of a reminder we need to have of God using people in His power, in their weakness. How often your pastor needs to be reminded that it's in my weakness that God's power is made abundantly clear. It's defined so much better by Paul again in 2 Corinthians. Paul writes this to the Christians in Corinth. He says this of Jesus. He said to me, Paul writes, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul goes on, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Say that last part with me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The truth is, Mary knows she does not have the ability to conceive and deliver the Son of the Most High. Gabriel then reminds her that it's the Holy Spirit that will make this 
possible. It is the power of God that will allow this to take place. The reminder for us, we can't fix it all. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job situation, whether it's a financial burden, whether it's a, a doctor's word, there is so much out of our control every single day. Now listen, we're pretty good as human beings. We have uh, adapted pretty well to learn how to put band-aids on cuts, right? Or at least push our finger up against our pants pocket and hope the bleeding stops. We've learned to put duct tape over cuts. We've learned to uh, fix exhaust links with duct tape. We've learned to zip tie the snot out of stuff to fix it, right? We think we know how to fix things. And all of our fixes, all of our attempts at fixing anything in this world are often known as temporary fixes. The only, the only true and holy fix we can have in this life is to truly let go and let God. Surrender ourself bow out of trying to make it happen on our own strength and to acknowledge that God is the one who offers to be our surgeon. God is the one who offers to be our hope in a hopeless situation. God is the one who offers to be our strength even especially when we are weakest. Let's be wowed at that offer. Let's be blown away again that the King of Kings, the creator of all things, the God who spun the universe into existence, offers to be with us, offers to lead us, to guide us, to be in a relationship with us. Similarly, number four, and finally this morning, God uses people like you and me to fulfill his purposes. Hang with me for just a moment longer. God uses people to fulfill his purposes. God, the, the one who created everything, did not create a bunch of droids. He did not create uh, some magic words that we can recite and things restore into order. God chooses to have purpose, to have a will upon this world, and he chooses to use people for his purpose. Let's agree together that God always has purposes. God is at work. God is on the move. God has a desire. God is God. And I'm not. God is God, and we're not. God is up to some stuff. God has a purpose, and God does not deserve, we don't deserve to know what all of God's purposes are. He's God. We're not. We are never obligated. God is never obligated to tell us what he's doing, because he's God, and we're not. Remember again that God isn't confined to our time and space. He doesn't have to work within the same 24-7, 365 confines that we do. God isn't bound by three dimensions like we are as human beings. He doesn't have a limited budget. 
He doesn't have limited resources that are susceptible to mold and mildew and rust. God is God. He's the creator. He's the holy one. Perfect and just. And God has purposes. He is constantly at work in humanity on this earth. Some of his purposes are revealed to us. We know Jesus was sent to this earth not to simply walk around and have a good time. He was sent to this earth to save humanity. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Maybe you've memorized that verse. You know it by heart. You've implied it to your life. And here we stand or sit this morning wondering why God would use this Mary to be the vessel of God in flesh, Emmanuel. Why would God choose this Mary to be the vessel? We don't know. Even Mary didn't know. She couldn't imagine the answer to the why me as she asked it except to humbly acknowledge that God is God and he has his purposes and he's willing to use people like us. In the verses that follow in Luke chapter 1, Mary's response is recorded into what we often refer to as the Magnificat. Literally, this is Mary's song. In the first lines of the song, Mary gives glory to God for saving her and using her. In the remainder of the verses, she gives God glory for rescuing his people. Listen to Mary's response. Luke chapter 1, verse 46. After the angel has told her what would happen, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of this lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy. He has done great things for me. He shows, from, he shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary's response to the Lord's word continues to be, yes, Lord, may it be so. Mary knew not all the details. She couldn't schedule it out. She didn't know exactly how it all take place, but she knew that God was God and that He chooses to use people, generations of people, for His purpose. May that truth again be yours and mine as you realize God's desire to use you for His purposes. His will is being done. He is at work. And he wants to use you and me. Again, God uses ordinary people to be a part of the extraordinary. Newsflash, you're an ordinary person. You're special. 
You're a snowflake. <laughs> Oops. Special like a snowflake. Unique, one-off. God made you special. And he uses ordinary people for his super extraordinary purposes. He uses those of us who are faithful, available, and teachable. Faithful, faithful to continue to say yes again and again to God. Available to hear his ask the first time. Teachable, not to have all the discerning knowledge that's necessary to say yes, but rather to approach the opportunity, believing and knowing that God is able God uses people in his power. In our weakness, he is strong and perfect. And he uses people to fulfill his mission, his purpose. God is at work. One of our purposes, one of our purposes is to go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is Lord. To shout it from the rooftops. To not hide it inside, but to declare boldly to the world by our life, by our words, by our actions, by what we spend our money on, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Go tell that on the mountain. Please stand with me as we close. I don't know which one of these reminders needs to take root in your heart this morning, but I pray that the Holy Spirit would do a work of reminding us through this story of Mary to be ready to say yes to God. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for bringing us into this place today. Thank you for uniting us together in purpose of surrendering to you. And Lord, I ask that the words of Scripture would be so powerfully experienced in our lives that we sense your ask, that your still small voice would come through loud and clear and that we would live surrendered, humble, teachable lives, willing to say yes to the King of kings and Lord of lords. I pray again, Lord, that we would be wowed, awed, overwhelmed at the reality that you choose to use, that you choose to be in relationship with men and women and boys and girls, that you choose to use sinners such as us to enact your will upon this world. Lord, would that so overwhelm us that we desire to live for you alone? Would you forgive us for the distractions? Would you forgive us for the distractions of this season that so easily move us out of the truth of what it is we are to be focused on and so quickly move us to selfishness? God, I pray that you would speak again to our hearts and our lives and use your word to change our lives. Now as we leave from this place, as we go about our busy week, I pray, God, that you would do a work in and through us. Help us as we say yes to you each and every day, I pray. And God's people together said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in the grace of our Lord.